Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Annie. And this is Limelight, the Falcon Film Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about international films. And we have a very special guest on our podcast today, SPU student Jack Jameson. Welcome to Limelight. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this topic and excited to share some movies with you guys. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you here. Um, our, our first guest since Limelight's been back. So yeah, that's really exciting. It's such an honor. <laughs> Especially for this topic. I mean, I think that there's so much to say about international films. And it's always very special to me when I meet another college student who has a good amount of experience watching international films because they're not as mainstream as some other films here in the States. So it's just, this is a very special topic and I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is really special to me too. And I think I actually kind of fell in love with international films because of how boring I started to find some American films because I started to just see the same patterns over and over again. And then I was like, are there any movies that aren't doing these? And then (laughs) I got past the one inch barrier of subtitles. And I think you find a lot of really great films if you're willing to just read the dialogue. And honestly, once you get past your first one, it's not that bad. And that's a bold claim to make. I no, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, even subtitles are pretty mainstream now. I watch subtitles, watch with subtitles, even when I'm watching a film that's in English, because it just makes it easier to comprehend what's being said. And I, I always think it's interesting because Jack, you mentioned that, you know, some films made in the States are boring. And I think a lot of people say that about international films. They're like, oh, it's boring or oh, watching with subtitles is boring. I don't want to do that. And I'm thinking about, you know, films like Breathless, which is a French film from the 60s, which is literally a crime drama about this man who's on the run from the police and then seduces this girl to try to get money out of her and then gets her pregnant and then goes to prison. Like, that is not boring in my, in my opinion. You know, I think that if people gave more international films a chance rather than just judging them at face value, I think they would be in for much more, you know, adventure and excitement than they would originally think because it's, it's just a whole another experience when you're watching an international film with, you know, drama and crime and romance and chase scenes. And Oh, it's just so cool. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I personally haven't watched a lot of international films, partly because like the whole, um, you know, like watching a movie with subtitles, like kind of, I guess, was a quote unquote kind of barrier for me, just kind of mentally, because I'm the type of person who has a really difficult time just focusing on one thing at a time. And so usually when like I'm watching any movie, I like to like do something else while doing it, like write or I have a habit of being on my phone while watching a movie and I can't do that when I have to like um, read subtitles. So, but honestly, like just this, um, I think this fall was the first time I watched one and I watched it with, I watched um, Pan's Labyrinth with some friends, which was really good because that was like dedicated time to like watch something. And I realized, you know, hey, when I do have the time, 
it actually makes me pay attention to the movie more and enjoy it more because I have to like focus on reading that. It's about, you know, them really not being boring. Like just today I watched um, Parasite and like, I haven't had this experience with like a lot of movies in a while, but I could not tell like at any moment where that movie was going. And despite the fact that I was kind of busy and part of me was like impatient. Like when I really got into it, I like got into it because there's just so many twists and turns and like, it was a very exciting movie and the farthest thing from boring that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And I think one of the things that definitely marks international films for me is I think even a lot of them are telling very similar stories to American films but they're telling them in much more interesting ways, I feel. And kind of going off of Annie's point about Breathless, there's this other French movie from the 60s called Les Samurai, and it's very similar to an American film that nobody would shut up about in the 2010s called Drive. And they both kind of follow this hitman with a lone warrior mythology who like feels he can't love and you have these dueling ideologies going against each other but I feel an American film would tell it with a lot more action and a lot more gunplay and a lot more of these like no I can't be with you like big dramatic speeches but what you see in this film is a lot more subtle acting and like a very jazz piano score instead of like these big heart tugging strings and a lot of silence in the film that you just don't see in a lot of American films. And I think they're telling these same stories in a different way. And because of that, some people just can't get past this different way of storytelling, which I think unfortunately limits what we watch. Yeah, I mean, talk about storytelling in international films. I mean, I think that one of the biggest, one of my biggest gripes with cinema in the States is that it's very, it's almost too fast paced for me. And I think a lot of films rely more on action sequences and violence and kind of the allure of just over the top action or you know fight sequences or whatever it might be rather than the story itself and once one film that that kind of comes to mind when I'm thinking about a story is the film Bicycle Thieves which is an Italian film from the 1940s and it's a very simple film in terms of its story but it's about a man who acquires a bicycle and needs a bicycle to work to to work because people needed a way to transport themselves and there were job more jobs available to you if you owned a bike and his bike gets stolen and then most of the rest of the film is him trying to track down this stolen bicycle and it sounds probably really boring if you were to describe it to somebody like that right but Watching the, the movie, I mean, it's really good at grabbing your attention and keeping you entertained. Um, one, just with the story and with the ever-growing desperation of this man trying to find his bike. 
but also his relationship with his son who's helping him look for the bike and both of their acting performances are just beautiful and breathtaking and they enhance the story even more so I mean that's just one film of so many that that come to my mind when I think of the powerful impactful storytelling in international films even you know they're not the most action-packed they're very very meaningful and enticing in a different way yeah and I think kind of going off of that some of the key words that I heard there you were talking about like it's very like not dialogue driven and very quiet and deceptively simple and I think a lot of those reminded me of this short film called uh, The Red Balloon, which is essentially about this kid who finds a balloon and the balloon has like some weird anthropomorphic qualities. And that's the movie is this kid's relationship with his balloon. And there's like no dialogue and it is one of the most beautiful films you will ever see. And even if it's only like 35 minutes or so, it breaks your heart, but it also like pieces it back together even stronger. And it's a film that I watch and I look at it and I'm like, this is a film I want to show future kids because I think it's one of those films that the earlier you introduce the concept of subtitles in international films, the easier it's going to be to get into them later. And I think studios like Studio Ghibli and a lot of French animation studios have really hopped on getting international films to kids. And I think even short films like The Red Balloon can do that really well. Yeah, I mean, talking about <laughs> international films for kids, I think it would be a crime not to bring up Hayao Miyazaki and his filmography because, I mean, I, I don't think I could name a director off the top of my head that channels imagination and whimsical and kind of this childlike wonderment and curiosity when it comes to seeing the world as well as he does. But one thing about those movies that breaks my heart is that I meet people often who love those films, but they only ever watch them in the English versions. And that makes me so sad because, I mean, as somebody who studies films, one of my biggest kind of criteria for myself is to always watch the film in the language that it was made in, because that's a way to respect the director and respect the people who worked on the film and you know watching a, an international film isn't you know something that you should do to like to make it easy for yourself like watching it in English but you should experience it in the way that the director wanted it to be experienced so to anybody listening if you have watched Hayao Miyazaki films you know such as my neighbor Totoro or Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away or my personal favorite Whispers, Whisper of the Heart. I mean, the list is endless. There are so many wonderful Miyazaki films. I would really implore all of you to watch those films in Japanese 
with subtitles rather than in English because it's just a completely different experience and it's the one that Miyazaki himself would want you to have. So that's my that's my <laughs> two cents about watching dubbed versions of international films versus watching the originals with the subtitles. Yeah, I honestly, for me, again, with a lot of this stuff, that wasn't a, um, like, you know, doing, like, watching, like, you know, subtitles versus dub wasn't a debate I'd really given much thought to, like, before recently, because, again, I just hadn't watched a lot of international films, but now that I've gotten into that more, I am, a hundred like, I 100% agree with you, because I think, like, yeah, like you were saying, I just think it preserves the original, you know, sounds pretentious but you know artistic integrity like you know how it was meant to be viewed originally and I just I just feel like that's important to like keep with it so yeah I just yeah I think you're you're 100% correct yeah I mean I'm like if if you were making a, a project or something that was this passionate you know passion project for you and somebody took it and said you know what I'm gonna watch this in a way that makes easier for me to understand I would be so offended you know what I mean that's just I don't know I just feel like that's kind of disrespectful and I feel like I completely agree with both of you and I feel like another important factor of that is that language plays such a huge part in movies that mm -hmm. then when you take that language and translate it for one audience and remove the passion of the dialogue that's there yep. you're changing the performances exactly like, even I love Howl's Moving Castle but I saw the dub first and I forget the name of the character but the little like fire sprite in the dub is voiced by Billy Crystal and it's just not what you would expect if you've watched the subtitled version and it completely changes the character. And to kind of go into a, an older realm, I think another film where language plays such a huge part, and I wouldn't, I would never watch a dub of the film, is this documentary film called News from Home. And it's from the 1970s. It's directed by Chantal Ackerman. And it is essentially almost like b-roll footage of New York and the hustle and bustle of the city from the perspective of this woman who has just moved to go to film school there from many countries away. And you never see Chantal. It is only New York and the dialogue is all letters written back and forth between her and her mother. And I know this sounds absolutely boring, but it is beautiful. And I don't think a dubbed version of it would work because you're hearing Chantal read these letters that her mother has written to her and her mother reading the letters that Chantal has written to her. And you're hearing these these people's interpretation of their relationship with each other and you just can't get any more personal and if you take that personal aspect away it the movie isn't the movie yeah i mean whether it be a relationship with a family member in a film or if you see some of your own story in the, the story of the protagonist but 
there are so many international films out there that will just pull at your heartstrings like nothing you have ever experienced. One that comes to mind for me is uh, Rome Open City, which came out very, very soon after World War II. And there's a lot of neorealism in the film as a result of the time period. But there is this character, her name's Pina, and she is kind of, you know, part of assembling this team of people who are resisting the government, but she's also engaged and she's pregnant. And there's just a lot of relationships built between her and other characters in that film. Um, There's a, a pastor Um, Or I guess he's more of a priest because he works in a Catholic church, but his relationship with the family and I mean, it's just so interconnected and so many of the character stories are woven together in this beautiful way. And about halfway through the film, this utter chaos ensues and all of these relationships kind of start to get severed one after another And it's just like little tiny shanks to your heart because you get, at least with me, I get really invested in movie characters, especially if I see some of myself in them because you just, you tend to, I guess, kind of get drawn to qualities that you share with characters, or at least I do. And to see things kind of fall apart one after another in that movie specifically is just so heart-wrenching. So, yeah, I mean, I think relationally, you know, whether it be the characters in the movie or, you know, a, a relationship that you almost feel with one of the characters, I think that a lot of the international films that I have seen tend to kind of go the extra mile, especially when they're not you know, overcompensating with fight sequences or action as some American films tend to do. Now, if we're going to talk about international films that break your heart, I have to bring up my favorite movie musical of all time and one of my just favorite movies of all time, which is The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Now, for those of you who are fans of La La Land, This might be your new favorite movie. That's all I'm going to say. It is that good. Now, this was made in 1964, and it's French from this director named Jacques Demy. And it takes place in, like, the height of the Algiers War. And it's about this girl who owns an umbrella shop. And she falls in love with this guy who's a little bit older than her, who's a mechanic, and he gets drafted and that's essentially the movie because I don't want to say any more but this film is the most beautiful film I have ever seen the it uses pastels amazingly and the color pink has never looked better and I will make a strong claim here and stand by it no actor has looked as good on camera as Catherine Deneuve does in this movie it is insane and she got typecasted after this and it is so obvious to see why now just because it's beautiful 
doesn't mean it doesn't break your heart. This has one of the saddest endings of all time, in my opinion. And I've rewatched it multiple times and it never fails to get me to cry. And one last thing, the dialogue in this film, everything is sung. There is not a single spoken line of dialogue. And I don't know what it is, but hearing things sung in the French language, it's just a, a so much more beautiful language than the American language that I, I can't see a dub version of that. And oh my gosh, if you guys get one thing out of this episode, just watch The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. It's on HBO Max. I think if we're talking about international movie musicals i think it would be a crime not to mention la vie and rose um <laughs> for any marion cotillard fans out there this is it's just the most beautiful movie and she is a french actress and she was nominated for and won best actress at the academy awards in the states which is pretty rare usually um Actors and actresses that are in international pictures don't normally get recognized at the Oscars, but that's just, I mean, if we're talking about cinematography and just the way that that film is shot and the way that it uses lighting is just impeccable. It's a gorgeous movie. All right, everybody, we have reached the point in the episode where we do our segment that we like to call weekly what to watch. And it's up to all of us to recommend a film to you that fits into our category of the week um, and just give you some ideas about what to add to your watch list. So I can start us off. I think one film that I'm going to have to recommend to all of you, there are so many to choose from, but I think I'm going to have to recommend Daisies, which is a Czechoslovakian film from the 60s. And this film is about two girls who just realize that, you know, you're supposed to spoil yourself in life. And there are people around them who are just living in extravagance and they kind of throw caution to the wind and start to live that way themselves. And there are a lot of very interesting creative choices in this film. There's a lot of odd kind of jump cuts and, you know, different sound effects that are used in places where they might not make the most sense. And the lighting can change kind of at the, you know, at the flick of a switch and stuff like that. It goes very quickly from kind of one artistic moment to the next, but it's just such a funny and fun loving film that kind of keeps you on your toes. So my recommend recommendation is gonna be Daisies. And this film is available to stream on HBO Max. Awesome. Well, I will go next. Um, I talked about this briefly earlier, but I didn't really go into it. Um, my recommendation is going to be Pan's Labyrinth, which is a film from 2006. It is a Spanish dark fantasy movie. And um, I, I really love I, I really love this film. Um, it's about, um, this young girl who, um, her mother has, like, you know, just remarried, um, I believe a, um, captain, and, um, 
things are kind of, you know, life isn't super great for her. Her her mom's pregnant and not doing super great. But she she stumbles into this um dark, like, you know, magical world. And um, yeah, it's also too, I know we were talking earlier about, you know, international films that are kind of heartbreaking, have heartbreaking endings. This one is also very sad. I won't spoil anything, but it's it, this film, it's just there's there's so much to it, it's hard to sum up, but you know, very, very like, you know, creepy, but also like super like cool visuals. And um, yeah, it's just a really good story. And I really like love it. So I would 100% recommend that movie, but I am not sure where you can watch it because I watched it on DVD. So if either of my co-hosts today know, feel free to jump in. I think it's available. Yeah. I think, I mean, you might have to pay for it, but I would assume it's probably available on Prime Video. Yeah. I think it's available to buy on Prime is what I'm thinking. Uh, Now, I, I, I just Googled it. And that seems about right. All right. So for my pick, I have talked about a lot of movies that are very old. And I'm going to go in the opposite direction now and talk about a film that has not officially come out yet. And I believe it comes out in a few weeks on February 11th. And this film is called The Worst Person in the World. And it is directed by Wacom Trier and it is from I believe uh Sweden uh yeah Sweden or Norway one of the two and it is about this woman in her 20s named Julie who doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life and she's trying to figure out who she is what she wants her career to be all the while falling in and out of love and trying to figure out who she is to other people. And this is a story told with a prologue, 12 chapters in an epilogue. And it is the romantic dramedy epic, like for this generation. It is heartbreaking. It is hilarious. It has a great soundtrack. It has some of the most creative cinematic choices in a film like this that I've seen and it is also just extremely tender and I think that's something that American romance films don't get a lot is just like how nice it is to be around another human and I think that's something this film gets so well and I am I implore you guys to go check out this film once it comes out, it's called The Worst Person in the World, and it should be out in a couple weeks. I'm so excited to see that film. It's going to be so good. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you again, Jack, for joining us for this episode. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for inviting me. The pleasure is all mine. Of course. It was super fun to talk to you. It was fun to talk to you. And yeah, so we're going to close off this episode now. Again, I'm Emma. I'm Annie. Thank you so much for listening with us today. And we will catch you on our next episode.